You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith. Today I am bringing you this podcast live, recorded live at the Vault Comedy Festival. Oh, it's a theatre festival as well, actually, all sorts of things there, which takes place in the vaults beneath Waterloo. It goes on for weeks and weeks, and uh, it's one of those environments that if I'd walked into it when I was 22, it would have changed my life. Absolutely. It's like an undercity. It's like a, a sort of... Uh, I don't know. It's fringy as hell. And uh, if you don't hear this in time to visit it this time, definitely put it in your diary for next time. Really, really exciting kind of catacombs and secret rooms, seven or eight venues, maybe really exciting bars. And it's all uh, tucked away uh, on down Leak Street in central London, which is uh, uh, entertainingly graffitied sort of an area. Feels really special and futuristic and uh, and kind of uh, made of pallets, you know, proper fringy. Anyway, uh, this uh, that's where we recorded this episode in a cellar in which uh, certainly someone has been murdered. And uh, it's with police cops. Now, they used to be called The Pretend Men, um, and uh, the Police Cops is their most successful show. They, they, they've taken the name Police Cops. So look out for them, really. They've, they've only done two shows. They're very, very green, um, certainly in terms of uh, in the context of this uh, this podcast, usual guests. They've only done the two shows, as far as I'm aware, Police Cops and then the sequel, Police Cops in Space, although they are taking a third to the Edinburgh Festival this year. I saw them last year at Edinburgh and immediately bought a ticket to go and see them again as soon as I walked out of the venue. Um, how can I put this? They are new and as you might have read in the in the, the show notes for this episode, the accompanying notes, um, they the concept of them would be easy to raise an eyebrow at, or not even raise an eyebrow, but for for someone who's a seasoned comedy goer, you might think pastiches of action films done by three guys who met at drama school. It would be easy to overlook something like that at face value. I cannot stress enough how phenomenal their work is. I laughed and laughed and laughed. I've seen them four or five times now, and they've had standing ovations every time. You can feel people in the room becoming fans. You know I'm fond of saying, I'm sure I've said this on the show before, if you really want to succeed in comedy, you need to be the sort of act that when people walk out of your venue, they're texting their friends going, holy shit, you've got to see this. Well, I texted several people after each performance that I saw by these guys. So I hope you enjoy this live conversation with Tom, Nathan and Zach. Police cops. Thank 
thank you so much for coming. Um, I was saying to you before the show that uh, you are the guests on the show about which I know the least. I normally do loads and loads of kind of forensic research and investigation. Um, on this occasion, I have not done that. But what I have done is I've seen both of your, your shows, your current touring shows, twice uh, at the Edinburgh Festival this year. And I felt like I had stumbled upon uh, a thing that I had no idea what it was. I feel like I know what I'm talking about comedy-wise. And I talked, uh, walked into this huge room in the assembly rooms and there were, it was absolutely rammed with your adoring fans. And you came out, did a show, took the roof off it and got a standing ovation. And then I ditched a ticket to come and see it again uh, two nights later and the same thing happened again. And I thought, fucking hell, who are you? And why don't I know who you are? So with those those credentials established can you tell uh, the audience here and at home who you are and what you do can we use that as a quote yeah 100 yeah, yeah. <laughs> a really long one but a great <laughs> one um we're we're yeah we're just three mates essentially um who met at drama school uh in 2014 i think no 2011 we graduated in 2014 uh went to east 15 drama school okay. in uh, debden lovely debden and um yeah we met up uh we were on the same course together um, and started training together. And then we got put together uh, in a group to do a, a physical comedy uh, module that was part of our training. And then we made a little bit of police cops there. And then we kind of just bagged that and thought we want to do something with that when we finish. But we, it was just like a couple of scenes at that point. And then we got out and just started working together. Well, no, we, we took about a year where we kind of tried to be at actors but it kind of went badly yeah. and you gave it a solid <laughs> year yeah. 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 well we, we I, I personally was just working in you know a call centre and kind of we kind of did it because we were like oh there's that thing that we could do rather than like <laughs> it's a good reason rather than that yeah just yeah. sort of a year of trying other things and then we're like maybe, maybe we should try it okay so what do you? When did you first start to feel like you had a hit on your hands? What was the the reaction to it? Were you were people going nuts over it when you did little ten minutes of it at drama school? Yeah, they did. They did really like it, actually. Yeah, we got a really good response. Actually, no um, one in our class liked it. No, yeah, our class, class hated it. it. I think they were yeah. jealous. I think yeah. mainly that's what we told ourselves. That. If they, uh, if they. But also, I think me. also it wasn't very funny back then. So <laughs> I kind of don't blame them because when we look back on the old scripts of it. At the time, I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Why is no one laughing? And then we looked back at the scripts and they, were, they had, didn't have any jokes in it whatsoever. Mm. It was, you know how we do, um, you know, a parody of a, um, like, the first show is just a parody of, like, a 1970s cop thing. And when we first did it, we just didn't put any jokes in it. We just did a 1970s cop <laughs> yeah. thing. We would have been a good movie <laughs> if it was made in 1970. Yeah, yeah so, but it made us laugh. And, yeah. That's what's most important. Yeah, so, and creating comedy. Well, we realised yeah. that that's not actually true, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so just describe it for people who haven't seen the show. And I, I feel like, and when I I saw it uh, one and a half times here at the Vault Festival, uh, where we are at the moment. And the last couple of nights. And again, I got that sense of I couldn't tell who in the room was already like a screaming fan of your stuff and, and who in the room was someone who had come in kind of not really knowing what it was and mm. been completely converted. Because every time I've seen you, you've had standing ovations. It's like it's this really powerful thing. It's not... I, I'm keen for people listening to this not to think it's just a couple of guys from uni who threw a thing together. Mm. It's more than that. And, and I'm just... Before we get into why that is... Can you just dis describe it as a pastiche? What sort of thing do we see if we come and see it? It's like basically what we tried to do is we tried to... Uh, 
we were like what basically we love action films and like seeing that the excitement in those things so we wanted to do that uh in theaters so we just basically thought like oh we want to have a fight scene we want to have you know the montages all that stuff um and try and make it as like action-packed as possible so like every moment we could we'd like utilize that to make it you know as enjoyable as possible so it's kind of like trying to just yeah something weird want to watch and that was yeah we always said it was like trying to do an action movie on stage or three idiots trying to do an action movie on stage that was like our way into it at the beginning yeah because we'd just come out of like a clowning uh thing uh at school where we were all just learning how to be idiots um we were already pretty we were good at we it. were good yeah. we were very <laughs> naturally um yeah but uh, so we we kind of brought that idea of what 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 would these three guys who are trying to make a a movie on stage no budget you know have tried to tried to get into hollywood and haven't made it and now they 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 think that fringe theater is the way to it's do it pretty close to the truth it's yeah. also yeah. it's also <laughs> like um we wanted wanted to go at it from a point of view of people who don't really know what theatre is and have just seen films yes. and this is like let's just do that mm. that's and an interesting we, yeah. kind of yeah. kind of a starting point so people who don't know what theatre is that's because that's very clowny isn't it yeah mm. so yeah. what sort of like who was teaching you clown do you was it a particular Uri, Uri, Uri Rudner. Rudner. okay and do you have an idea of what clown could you describe what clown means a lot of people would hear that and think oh it's you know kind of red nose circus mm. clown obviously it's becoming more of a thing in comedy now that loads and loads of stand-ups and sketch people are really yeah, yeah, inspired yeah. by people who've gone to train at Ecole uh, uh, Philippe Gaulier in Paris and then kind of brought this kind of clown movement over. I've always found clowning to be incredibly difficult. So what did you... What qualities do you think that you were good at being an idiot? I'm just really aggressive. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, like, really... I just shout a lot and get really angry and then look stupid because... I don't know, I... Don't, I I don't know, I think, I think it's literally... I, I just sort of personify my dad, I think. He used to do that, and I just thought, you look really like dumb as you do it. And I've kind of got that... No, you didn't, you didn't think about it. Not consciously. Much, I think I'm just saying I'm my father's son. Like, I, just, like, <laughs> I am just an idiot when I'm angry, so I think, that, that, I think that's just what I'm like. And then I, <laughs> I don't know what my point is here. Um, yeah, so I think I just do that. I just get angry. Well, and that's that's what clown is um, getting angry. No, it's like <laughs> no, it's it's like your relationship with the audience, and for them, the, you to be very open to them, uh, them like seeing you be in the shit, basically, like not knowing what to do on stage and trying to entertain people. Um, and I think that was my out was like, oh, I'll do this, and then you, you kind of just go for it, and then you find certain traits that are like your natural thing, and it's like your natural person. Okay. I think for us it was like the yeah no 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 it's like it's like the, the the idiots who really want the audience to be having the best time and be really entertaining the entire time and keep on keep their attention and I think that's kind of one of the elements that we held on to and brought into making the show. Mm. So which if you're would you agree with that as kind of co-performers would you agree that Tom is like the angry clown? Because I think it's probably more useful it might be interesting to think what what do you think each other's clown is? Well, weirdly, when we studied clowning at drama school, I thought I was quite rubbish. I think me and you were I very was, good at it. No, yeah. I was actually terrible. Tom was good at it. Tom was good. It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> I didn't really understand it because I think I, I really liked comedy acting. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be really good at this. And then it started, and I don't think I was that good at it because I think I tried to plan everything in my head of, oh, I'm going to do this tomorrow, or yeah. like, I'm going to do this kind of character, or... Um, 
and I didn't really, yeah, I still don't really know how to do it that well, really. It, it was difficult because our teacher came in in a, in a character himself and didn't actually explain anything about what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. But he was just this kind of, like, fascist dictator-style kind of yeah. clown he who would just hit us one. with shoes. Yeah. And, yeah. I didn't know what was going on. I, yeah. I don't want to make him sound bad. It was <laughs> a lot of people took to it and it worked, but for, yeah. I think for me and Zach we were a bit confused. But maybe, yeah. But Tom got Tom liked the shoes. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> it made a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I find it hard to overthink things. So, but what, uh, so what do you guy. think? What do you think? Kind of the what is the funniest self of each of your co-performers? Because I mean, I've got an idea about like what I think each of you brings to the the dynamic, brings to the. Mm, the the threesome well yeah absolutely I think for example I think uh, Nathan you have that kind of when you do the Mexican character you're do you know what I mean you really get involved in kind of uh, sexy kind of pelvic do you know what I mean like that's yeah. that's you're like you're, you're kind of like you're a clown who's kind of trying to fuck us yeah I'd agree with that yeah totally right <laughs> And a, a defining moment, I think, for Zach is uh, certainly in the first one, when the first moment you tear your shirt off, which is very early on, and we realise that, to our arguable surprise, you are unbelievably muscular. <laughs> like, that moment, suddenly, from, you can feel the audience go, what the fuck? <laughs> but, and, 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 but what's lovely about that is we see how much you enjoy having impressed everyone with how muscular you are. And it just yep. sets this incredible tone where we're like, not only can anything happen, but like you... you the amount of pleasure that you all have in the thing you're doing, that's like a really, that's a solid base for clowning, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we are really lucky that it's like we work well together, but we also just enjoy the, the work as we're doing it, you know, which is kind of, I think that's very lucky. So just want to tell you guys. But that. I feel like we're, we don't really, I mean. I'm just going to disagree with them. No, no, no. I'm just saying, <laughs> we're talking about, I feel like we're talking about clowning right now, but I, I don't really still really know what. It is, and um, I think <laughs> it's like where it started from, but it's not actually what we do. Yeah, we don't go into a room and then like try and like make. It and I think some people have said it is kind of like clowning, but I I don't know why or really what how to do clowning. Yeah, that sounds weird, but do you know what I mean? No, that's an incredibly yeah. honest no, appraisal of where yeah. you find. I think yourself. yeah, I think honestly, like in our second show, Police Cops in Space, like Tom used clown. It, there was there was there was a, an actual character from clowning that Tom had used that we basically just made the bad guy was okay. Tom's clown um, because it worked so well. So I think for Tom especially, he's like got that clown intuition. Um, but I think for me and Zach, it's a little bit different. But it, but it was a good starting place for us all to go into the work yeah so the just to talk about the first show so it's a melodrama it's got a structure it's got a a storyline with sort of a you know very pastiche heavy spoof based storyline how do you go about creating that did you sort of build it in i mean we were talking before that people have asked you if you did that stand-up circuit thing of like doing 10 minutes in a club and that you didn't do it like that how did, how did you build it from scratch? Uh, we just um, got put in a group together. It's quite boring. We just got put in a group together <laughs> in drama school and we were doing the clowning thing. And we, they, we just said, go make a, ten, a little scene. And so we was like, oh, should we just do like a scene from an action movie? And it was the, if any of you have seen the show, it was the scene where um, my character meets Tom, the, the young rookie cop meets the old grizzled guy in the bar and asked if he and Nathan was the barman 
And yeah, we just did that. And then we were like, oh, that was really fun. Let's, let's work on it more. Mm. So, and what, so when you then, I mean, did you then go from that to booking an hour and having to fill it? Like how much, how much of the show is written? How much of it only exists in your head? So it was like, we did that scene and then we took it back to our class who obviously didn't laugh, as we said before, but our teacher <laughs> saw but something in it. we couldn't get it. through it because me and Tom were laughing. Well, you guys were laughing <laughs> the entire time. Uh, That's a really genuine thing, by the way. People always think that we're like putting it on, but like we, me and Zach have this thing. We've always had it where we like, like find each other really fun. Like we just corpse loads at each other. Well, I do something. Add that, just something for I, the record. I really, something I really respected about the show is that having, having seen it multiple times, you're not fake corpsing. No, not there's at all. so much not of that in kind of sketch comedy. Just yeah, sometimes you're trying to make each other laugh, but you can tell there are bits where you're trying to make each other laugh by saying something new this time. Mm. I think we learned that kind of the hard way because I think at one point when we were doing it, our second year of Edinburgh, we kind of maybe started to enjoy the corpsing a bit too much. And I think, and I think we just took it a bit too far, and um, <laughs> we allowed ourselves yeah, to laugh the entire we can look time. Look back at that now and be like, "Oh, that was kind of rubbish." And a few reviewers called us up on it and was like, "Oh, didn't like the show because of it." And I think it was a bit much. And then kind of we realised the hard way maybe that actually you need to really be trying really hard not to laugh. Yeah. And that's the only way it Because it's in the tension, isn't it? When you're, like, trying... You can tell that the person doesn't want to laugh, but they just yeah. can't help it. That that's, where, that's where it kind of works, I think. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> that was very heavy, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I think that's really interesting. And the fact that it is, it is in the tension. The show is so... The shows are so tight and so kind of balletic from one minute to the next. So let's just go back to this... I interrupted you with that question about how you get it from the five minutes that you started off with to an hour yeah so we did we did that bar scene and then the teacher was like yeah go 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 make some more um (laughs) (laughs) sure go with it um and uh yeah so we did we did like four scenes i think like a, a beginning of a movie and then two scenes that could be somewhere in the middle and then a final end and then we did that kind of 20 minute version of the show um for 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 our year and our school and then, so that's what we had when we left drama school. And did then, they laugh that time? Did they that did work? La- they, they did, did laugh that time. I mean, they laugh at anything at drama school. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, I think they laughed at just crowd. us wearing wigs, just because, yeah. you know, or flares. They laughed because we were their friends. Yeah. And they okay. were, oh, they're on stage. But I think it was, I think also, yeah, I, was, I don't know why I'm going to say this, but our, we had more, maybe more of a similar sense of humour to the other people who were in the school rather than just our class. Cause, but even though we really got on with everyone in our class, but... <laughs> <laughs> we're really slating yeah. them, but they're nice. Yeah. So then you... So how do you get from that 20? To, is it just a case it, of just coming up with stuff and doing it? Because I, I just can't... I suppose I can't articulate enough how much the shows are just a barrage of jokes of like a sight gag and a visual joke and a costume joke and this incredible bit of choreography. And it, I just was in pieces the whole time. And you can feel that energy behind it. And I feel it's, it's sort of interesting because at the moment you're so downplaying what you're doing. Like we just sort of did this thing. But I really <laughs> want to like get, I want to get into the minutiae of how you how you made it that good. We like, take a long time. It yeah. takes us a really, really long time. So we, we, we draft it and redraft it and redraft it and get it up on its feet. In, in a script format. You sit yeah. and write the script. So, so like, in the, the but also script when we're doing script. that, it takes us so long because 
I think we just try and make every, try and really, I don't know, we just... We <laughs> labour over every line. line. We, we spend about 20 minutes or, or half an hour on each line. And then we're just like, oh, let's just make it not funny. And then we move on to the next line and then spend about half an hour on that line. And it just takes us ages. And I think there must be a better way of doing it, but... We haven't found it yet. Yeah. <laughs> and are you, what, are you all walking around a room as you're doing this? Is one person typing? What does it look like in the room? Well, a lot of the time, because there's three of us, like, a lot of the time, we'll, a lot of the scenes are constructed with two people in the scene, and then one person will be sitting there and kind of directing. We've got, like, a rolling director kind of thing. So okay. if Tom and Zach are out there, I'll be sitting there watching it and seeing, seeing what, what, what comes to me from the outside, and then vice versa. So, and then when there's three of us on stage, sometimes we, like, record it with an iPad, and okay. then watch it back afterwards, or we get like a friend yeah. in who we trust to kind of gives us a little bit of bit of advice down the road. But I think because we're just making our third show, we still haven't really figured all this out ourselves. So it's kind of hard. I mean, because the first show and the second show was so different in terms of the first show we made, and it was easy, wasn't it? It yeah. felt yeah. It was it feel like it was, everything naturally fell it. into place. And then the second show was so hard. It took us a year. We made a show, showed it, didn't like it, changed it completely. We scrapped the whole show, thing apart from one. Didn't bit. really yeah. like it, and spent the next year changing it while we were touring it. And um, the third one seems to be a mixture of the two. Hopefully, making the second show was 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 mental. We because because we we started making it in September after we finished Edinburgh with the first show, and then and we had till August to make it for Edinburgh, and we made a show up until July. And then we, sh- we, we performed that and realised that it wasn't very good in lots of different ways. And we had like three weeks to completely make a show. And we just went crazy. We, so you ditched everything you had? Everything, we ditched yeah. everything except one scene. What was the, the, scene, the scene where I'm in a thong and we do the, we do the little like... Uh, couldn't get rid of that. Of, uh, <laughs> of like... Um, yeah, that, that bit. Where it's, it's like a it's like a Terminator thing. Terminator thing. There we go. Yeah, yeah gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah okay. Because yeah. that, that's that's a really that bit is very much out of the rest of it. That's really interesting mm. that it be that yeah, one. Yeah, that's, that's a real actually. abrupt change of uh, tone. Yeah. yeah, we shoehorned it in because we liked it so much. Okay, so you scrapped everything else with three weeks to go. Yeah, and then we did like fourteen-hour days, and and like, then I sprained my ankle as well while oh, we were doing it as well. Bad, so yeah. it was so stressful. Like yeah. it was horrible. And afterwards, I was like. I never want to make another show ever again. I hate it. And so what was, the, what was the reaction at the time? Was it when you took that show, when you had like day, night one of that second show at Edinburgh, did you know that it was going to be good? Did you believe in it there? Did you go, we've done all the long days and, and no, this is going to work? We didn't like it. I've, I just left the theatre straight away and just walked home and was just like, that sucked. Yeah. I was just like... We're definitely our harshest critics, but it, it was it was an, it was like a, a crap version of the show that was eventually good, but it was a crap version. We think. Yeah. And so, do so you good. have some sort of driving? Have you got a, maybe not a master plan, but have you got like a, a driving ambition for the work that you do as a three that gets you through moments like that? Like what? How does that? How do the? Uh, how does the the personal dynamics of it work when you've, you know, gone on and sucked? 
Like, who does one of you look after the others? Do you try and sort of cheer each other up? Is one of you responsible was, for morale? When was, when was Tom just lying under that flag in the <laughs> rehearsal room and just couldn't... <laughs> that, that was, was a moment. the first show, Was actually. that the first show? I think, oh, maybe it couldn't have been, though. You were just... Tom, I, I Tom was a really, mess. Yeah, I got really, really stressed and was like... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it was. I got no, so stressed, and then he was so sad. He was almost crying. So we just put a flag over his head and let him do whatever he wanted underneath <laughs> the flag. Yeah. Um, but it worked quite well. The flag. It did. It, yeah, that's yeah. a good tip. So okay. I guess the question is why? Like, why did if it was going badly? Why did we sort of carry on and make it work? Um, I don't know. Really, I think we'd invested so much into it at that point. We all. And we we know. I don't think we thought this is crap, we're rubbish, this is never going to work. I think from being at drama school and stuff like that, there's so many things you make and so many shows you make and they're not good at all, like a lot of the time, and it's part of the experience and the learning process. And I think none of us, well, personally, I wasn't like, oh, this sucks, we can't do this, we need to just get out of this. I think we all saw that there was still a lot of potential there, within, even within the show, because it was a crap version of a show that would eventually be good. And... um yeah, so I think I think we all just kept kept in it because we knew that it could be good. Another thing that happens to us is because we think so much of like film is like we write jokes that would work on screen, and then we try to do them on stage, and that's kind of like sometimes that's really powerful and it works really well, and then sometimes it uh, it's, it just doesn't work. It's like oh, on screen you'd be able to cut to that person's face, and then you'd understand that. Joke. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, can you give us an example? Can you give us an example of something of like a moment like that that was a good joke that you had to cut because you couldn't do a? Well, that whole, pretty much the whole. You know, we were saying we made a show and then had to sort of. That whole show was that pretty much, and there were too many weird. It was like I could really imagine it in my head as a film, mm. um, but then on stage it just didn't work. Things like going to see the underground human settlement and there being, and then there was just so many. It was so convoluted and. Um, yeah. Whereas you'd be able to like tell the story through pictures. In our head, the pictures were so clear, but obviously an audience were like, "What's so you're now an alien, or are you a human, or are you?" <laughs> okay. Yeah, we had like a whole different... alien. We had like aliens, robots, and humans, and then we had like robots disguised as aliens, disguised as humans, and stuff like that, with just like a, an antenna on our head and a swimming cap, and it was just so. The worst thing about it was in the preview. You kept getting confused and saying you were an alien. You were a robot. Tom played a robot. And then everyone was really confused. He said, I'm an alien. I mean, robot. I mean, I mean robot. <laughs> yeah. 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 Maybe it was good. Just you got. Yeah, I just right. messed it up. It was fine. All that work we did for no reason. Yeah. And have you been surprised by the reaction to it? Like, was that when I saw you in Edinburgh this year? Was that the biggest room you've done in Edinburgh? Like, how many festivals? Yeah, have that you was done? the biggest. Because I, I just couldn't believe how, like, the queue around the block, the excitement in the queue. Mm. Like, talk to us about the um, the that feeling that you're onto something when people actually start buying tickets. Because I think there'll be a lot of people maybe listening to this who are in their last year of drama school and thinking, I want to get together with a couple of mates and make this work. Mm. And most times when that happens, I think it fails. And but this is really taken off. So what? What? When did you first get a sense that? Hang on a minute, we're selling tickets. We uh, we did like a twenty minutes like of it uh, when we left. Uh, no, we're like after we've all been like working at 
schools and stuff and we did like 20 minutes and we won like this award for it and people were going mad for it and we, we were like oh that's weird but they, the thing the consensus was kind of like that was really good but it was good because it was 20 minutes you'll never be able to turn this into an hour okay. and everyone kept saying that so we had that as like a well fuck you we're going to try and make it an hour kind of but thing <laughs> when we did that 20 minutes and it went and it went well that was definitely the best I think we've all said um, at, se- at different times that was the best like moment of everything um, yeah, because it, yeah. Just, it was better than selling out the Edinburgh and it going amazingly and getting standing ovations. Just that 20 minutes, it just, we were just like, oh, okay, this is, this must be good. We had no idea. And so it was it, relief that, it was just, yeah. that yeah. people yeah. agreed so with how good, good you thought it was. We were all just so happy and just like, oh, this is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we already knew that we didn't have another option as well. You know, we'd exhausted the uh, possibility of being actors. So that was. <laughs> um, yeah no no so yeah we did that and then and then went to Edinburgh in a tiny little room uh, in like a theatre that's zoo which is basically mainly dance okay. stuff so <laughs> I don't know why we were there but we went in a little room there did you, was anyone producing you or were you producing it yourself no Nathan yeah Prima. no I, Nathan I, 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 I do it all. okay it, yeah. so you put it in a dance venue not realising it was a dance venue uh, well that was we, we me and Zach actually me Zach actually Tom was doing Tom and Zach were doing a show in that venue the year previous um, when we first came out of drama school. And me and Zach were also doing a show in that venue. So they knew us quite well. Um, But we were really, really badly organised. We had to pretend to be that theatre. Basically, so we took our final shows from the drama school we were at up to Edinburgh after we finished. And then, so we were so late, we had to pretend to be that theatre company again uh, so they would let us in. Um, because they knew us from the year before so they're like oh okay we'll have these guys back we know them they're nice so because me and Zach were in that show with other people we just pretended we were that company and just wrote that on our application and they said okay you can come then seeing as you're those guys and you you know you were nice and then we got there and we were still really really badly organised we we had no idea what we were doing we were running all our sound off of a CD off of a CD (laughs) with a stereo which is really old school and not how anyone really does it anymore and I think like think like loads of things just kept going wrong like and then they I cried after the first show <laughs> yeah. the tech went so bad oh. it just went so bad but it ended up being really good it was there, was, there was one show where like the laptop died and someone had to come through the only exits were like the other the like the stage the back st- you know the back of the stage so someone had to come through like through a scene with a laptop and like it was ridiculous. We were just doing a scene with like no sound, and then that happened. And <laughs> loads of things went wrong. I hit my head really, really hard, and thought I was concussed on the side Still of the stage. Still are, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was re- that was a really fun room, and it was like really, it was like fifty people, and it, really low ceilings, and just felt like a sort of sweat box, and um, literally, like we literally were hitting people with sweat off of our bodies and stuff. Yeah. I think people really enjoyed four D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely something positive about that, isn't there? Mm, like, mm. so did, was there a sense of discovery? Did you did you start to feel like you had fans? Yeah, we because we started selling quite well. I think we had like th- we were selling like three quarters of the room, and it was the first time we'd ever done something as a three. So that was in a sixty seater. So that was going pretty well. And then and then we we got our first review from the stage, and it was a really good review. And we were we were just like. I remember I was with you, Tom, and we we saw her at the same time. We like almost fainted, and then um, and then we won the the stage award when we were there um, that year. 
So that yeah, that was that that just that was also, that was when we knew pe- it was people like people were like quoting the show afterwards and stuff and things shouting like that. police cops at us yeah. as we go down the street and all that. Yeah. So mini celebrities for for three weeks. I mean, that's and you are you aware of kind of like that's that's a real value to have people shout your catchphrases you at the street in the, at you in the street. That's mm. why we changed our name. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, so you were initially you were a theatre company called the Pretend Men. Yeah, yeah, and then you've changed it because everyone knows you as police cops. Yeah, people just go the police cop boys, so we just went well. Let's call ourselves police cops. Yeah. yeah. You go, hi, I'm contacting you from the pretend man. They'll be like, who, who, who's that? Yeah, sure. Go, oh, okay. Well, police cops guys. Oh, yeah, police cops, cool. Yeah, yeah. And was it a conscious decision? Like, were you in the theatre programme at Edinburgh rather than the comedy programme? Yeah, for the first two years? No, just the first, just year. first year. Just the first year. Yeah. yeah, and then we went into comedy. But we've got, like, this weird thing where we, like, bridge... But we're kind of not accepted in either party now. It's kind of like... <laughs> that sentence <laughs> took a 180. We really bridge, actually, neither party. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come to think of it, no. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. we kind of sit outside of theatre now. Like, when the first year we went up, uh, Lynn Gardner came up and to us and basically said, oh, you're not... Uh, I was, we were like, oh, can you write us a review? And she's like, well, I don't really think you're theatre. And she, you know, she was really lovely about it, and, and, but she just was like, well, you know... But actually, she said it wasn't her kind of thing. So that thing you think you are, you're not that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So fuck her. No, uh, <laughs> that's why she got dropped. Um, yeah. No, and then uh, yeah, and then and then uh, we went for the comedy thing, and I think I think that helped sales and like loads of other things. Like I think there's like, luckily we get we get people from both audiences, but we're not really accepted in either thing, and because we can't do like a ten minute, like we were saying, like we can't do like a ten minute like bit because people are like what the hell is this like you've got no context of who these characters are or like what's good we have done it yeah I was gonna, surely you could cut 10 minutes out of that surely you could it doesn't work as well as you might think okay mm. because it's too confusing or yeah. oh sure, no, I mean, we did we i tell you what we did uh we did that little thing where i'm in the thong we did that on the street in brighton and they went down really well <laughs> that's the only time it's really gone well well we did Last year in Edinburgh, we won the Amuse one of the Amuse Moose awards, and before it, we had to do ten minutes of the show, and none of the audience laughed. And then we won the thing, and the woman <laughs> had to come on stage and be like, "By the way, um, she was doing a speech in front of us about why the show is actually good." <laughs> and it was really fun. <laughs> because yeah, just it, this ten minutes of a show where I don't think the audience, none of them knew who these characters were or anything, or and we were saying lines that. You need to know <laughs> callbacks to, to jokes know, you yeah, haven't done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what is the what's the plan for the future? I know you're you're creating a third one at the moment. Mm. How far through the the development of that are you? It's hard to say because obviously, as we were saying, we spend so much time writing a scene, and then we might come back in like we we like to kind of like sleep on it, and then come back and be like, oh, actually, no. So we, we think it's we think we're like maybe a quarter. Yeah, yeah, we're preparing. We're doing between twenty and thirty minutes here in uh, March, March fifteenth. Um, so we're getting ready for that, basically. So we've got, I think, yeah, we've got like around fifteen, twenty minutes, and then we're just gonna make it a little bit longer, a lot better, and go from there. We've also done. Um, we've done police cops. We've changed it into a TV pilot, um, where we've managed to use a lot of our jokes that we couldn't use for theatre and stuff, and. And writing that was really nice as well because there's just so many new ideas that we could have that we could never do, like characters that are actually ducks and things like that, where we could never <laughs> actually have that in the thing. 
And are, are you able to to preserve what's good about the live experience and put that in the in the TV pilot? Because I think we've seen with, with acts like I don't know if you've seen We Are Clang that Greg Davies and uh, Merrick Larwood, Steve Hall used to do, and then Pappies uh, following them, you, people who've kind of done sort of you think of them as kind of sweaty sketch groups, you know, mm. people where it's. It's like the crap jokes are deliberately crap. The crap props are deliberately crap because it sets up a certain expectation in the room. They, they're focused on the relationship with the audience, as you guys are a lot. And then the difficulty, the challenge in making that into a functioning TV pilot to really keep hold of that, you know, that special thing yeah, you've got. Yeah. How, have you, how have you found that in the, in the well, writing Well, we, we don't know really yet. We'll see when it, we'll see when it, if it ever comes out. But... Um, I think we just trust ourselves as writers and kind of as we were writing it, we maybe realised that maybe we are more suited to that than theatre anyway. So, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, it's hard. It could go, like, it could go either way. Like, we, we also, like, look, look up to, like, Mai Bush and, like, Garth Marenghi and stuff like that and have seen how that can, like, work going from stage to TV. And, like, yeah, there's a bit of a, obviously, like intuitive just is that going to work is it not and it, it will it will probably just come down to when it happens we'll hopefully be able to work on our feet with it as well a bit and like be yeah. involved in the creative process of making it and be and say that doesn't work we need to get rid of that and we need to put something else in and and do it it's yeah it's weird though because like when you obviously when you take a script that's got all these like ridiculous like montages and action sequences and you're like yeah we just want to do that and they're like well you can't have you know haven't been like 30 million to make that or whatever it is yeah. so it's like you know you have to we'll, there will if it does get made there'll have to be a compromise on like how how we try and work that out but also maybe that will be fun but we have kept live elements in it like there's multi-rolling and there's like uh, dance routines and stuff like that so it, it does i think it will keep the where did the where do the dance routines come from in the show because that's one of the things i describe when i describe the shows to people is and then out of nowhere there's some incredible like your 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 stagecraft is really good there's all these not i don't mean the stagecraft i mean the choreography there's mm. all these oblique angles where you know instead of a montage it will become a dance piece so is, is one of you a dancer or have you been directed by a dancer? No. We, we, did, dance <laughs> we did dance classes at drama school, but we, I found it a bit embarrassing, to be honest. Um, mainly because I was like 19 years old and I'd just gone to drama school and I was like... You had to oh. wear leggings. Yeah. And, but Savage. He, he says wearing leggings. <laughs> yeah, basically. Out of choice. Um, so I don't... I don't know where, why we... I think it was because of the... I think it was something to do with being inspired by the 70s and 80s thing. There was something about that that kind of brash, in-your-face, homoerotic, kind of campy stuff that kind of worked its way into it. I don't know. I think it was also like an interesting way to do transitions and sort of like go from one place to the next. We kind of started thinking... Dancing. A lot of our, a lot of our, we've realised a lot of stuff we make actually we make because we make a transition and then it ends up being really long. Yeah, and then that's a whole section. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it is. That's a really good solution to how do you do a montage on stage? A dance is sort of effectively a theatrical way of doing that. So, which are your most, uh, which bits do you get most pleasure out of performing? Which are your in the first show? Which are your individually? Which are your favourite bits to do? Which do you think really kind of typified? That's exactly what I want to. The do. bits that are my favourite are when I'm not doing anything and when I'm just sitting in a chair 
and watching the back of Tom usually as he stood in front of me improvising and I can just see the audience I can see the fear somehow in the back of his head <laughs> and I can see the strange erratic pacing that you can he see kind he of walks does. forwards and backwards he walks like in a little cube we've actually never told Tom this <laughs> I walk in a cube yeah you walk in like you a four like point kind of yeah that's it <laughs> sometimes it's really wide like really that. wide <laughs> And is there, is, is there a relationship between how scared he is and the width of the cube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when we do our Wild West thing, he'll be brilliant. No one's laughing. It's really wise. <laughs> Which is never. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that you'd want to open your legs when you're more, well, it's more nervous. Going more vulnerable, yeah. 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 More vulnerable. It's like... I, would like, I feel like we should introduce some strand to the interview now, which is uh, any two of you describe what the other one does that they don't know they do on stage. Is there an equivalent oh. thing? There must be so many... Zach does lots of things with his hands that he doesn't fully... I remember when we first watched it back and we were doing the walking kind of stuff and your hands were kind of flowing much more than you I thought. I try and make up for... If I'm walking along, I go like that. Just, I don't know. Yeah. Zach does this thing with his feet as well where he like, kind of like stamps out the lines. Okay. And he does like that. Yesterday you got up like this and you left your leg like this for ages. And got up and it was like really exaggerated. <laughs> It was really... It was just weird. Yeah. <laughs> what does Nathan do? I'm, I'm in perfect control. <laughs> uh, Nathan doesn't do anything funny, unfortunately. <laughs> Nathan's, Nathan's, Nathan's trousers go a weird colour. Oh, why have you brought that up? Because it's the only thing that I can genuinely think that does happen oh. to me that I can't control. Your sometimes. trousers go a weird colour. I wear very tight, white... Trousers. Tra- trou- no, the long johns. Long johns that ride very far up the <laughs> never crevices. And then I'm sweating a lot and, you know... There's different theories as to why there is... I think it's just brown on. sweat, personally. <laughs> Nathan says it's because he sweats from his bum hole. From I, d- I do. His bum hole is what it's Tom like. says that it's because Nathan doesn't wipe his bum properly. Definitely not true. <laughs> They've said to get nappies and stuff to wear on stage. <laughs> I bought or like wet wipes. Wet wipes. And, and didn't work. Didn't work. You used them and it just didn't work. <laughs> no further questions. No. <laughs> in terms of the bits you enjoy doing, so you were talking about in seeing that, like, is that you enjoy that because you are seeing the audience enjoy your friend improvise or you're seeing, just you're like, aware of how much fear there is in him genuinely yeah, throwing just, himself into it? I just like Tom being scared. Because <laughs> that is, I think it would be easy to fake some of the improv, you know, but yeah. you're not faking it. Like when you, you know, if the, like, <laughs> I can't remember an example, you know, the bit with the goats, you know, the yeah, goat yeah, yeah. bums and stuff, you know, or yeah. be behaving like a little egg. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's always eggs. Sounds it's so weird out of yeah. context, doesn't it? <laughs> Behaving like a little egg. <laughs> I've got I've got this real habit of going like you have to keep breaking the guys have to say when I'm like I get stuck on one of the like I have a go to, like I'll always say porcupine. Chocolate I, cheese men. Chocolate cheese men was a massive thing for a while. And I go through stages. Hopscotch. Hopscotch. Hopscotch was a thing. Horse boxes. So you're trying to make yourself improvise afresh, but you fall back into those things. Just, it's like when my mind goes blank, I go to horse box. And it's... I don't know why. And it's really... Yeah, it's bizarre. So what are your, what are your most enjoyable bits of the show? Or which are your favourite jokes? Or jokes that you're most proud of? Ones that you think, that's the one. The, the, the last... I think because we were getting better and better at writing, just from the experience and the practice of doing it, I think the last scene has like some of the best 
personally has some of the best jokes in it. Of the first show? Of the first show, of the first oh, show. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. The yeah. Bulletproof Vest. Yeah, I like the Bulletproof joke. Vest. That's my favourite. <laughs> bulletproof Vest on the bullets. Yeah. yeah. I, Although, don't, I, I mean, don't... I don't want to spoil that on your account, but by all means, you can tell us what it is so that we can uh, discuss that joke. It's that he's put... Instead of wearing a bulletproof vest, he's put little bulletproof vests on the other guy's bullets. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Although, the last two nights, I've just said... He said, how did you... How, how, are you, how are you alive? You're alive. And I'm like, bulletproof vest. And that's been getting a laugh, which I think... No, people, it's because you're not wearing a It's because you're not wearing an So clearly. Oh, I thought it was because... I, I thought... I that thought is it a was joke that we wrote. I thought no, but it, it's got more of a laugh, and I thought it's because uh, maybe I'm a bit chubbier than these two. I, that's what I thought it was. I was like, it's not that, mate. No, all right. I mean, you are. Yeah, undoubtedly, yeah, <laughs> obviously. Um, yeah, that happens so often. You'll but be like, I is that it... a joke? And we're like, yeah, it's a joke. We wrote that. Maybe, maybe that's why there are so many jokes because that makes no sense in my head. It makes sense. <laughs> So is one of you, do you have particular... Oh, sorry, I didn't ask Zach. What's your favourite uh, bit to do? I, I, I like it when um, we're, it, we've had it a few times where we've performed to um, people who... There's, like, in a rural place and there's no one there and no one's laughing. <laughs> I... And no one's and there, and they're still not laughing. <laughs> to, try and, to try and make them laugh, we try really hard, and, it, and it's really embarrassing, and then we laugh at the stupid things we did afterwards. We once performed it, and there was not one laugh the entire show. It was oh, so funny. And we did it, we did it in, like, like, 45, 50 minutes, because it was just, like, all that time where you'd normally get laughs just <laughs> wasn't there. So and just now I stand proudly for five <laughs> seconds taking the laugh on the show. We did, oh, we did it in Poland, in Warsaw, and uh, we did it to loads of school kids. Obviously, you had kind of, like, a broken understanding of English. I don't know if you can use it in that way, but they, uh, yeah, so... And so we had to like really gesticulate everything we were doing, and that was really funny because you'd be like, "I'm crazy," We'd yeah. like, everything was really, really big. Um, yeah, and Zach forgot the harmonica at the start and had to <laughs> improvise. But it usually goes, "Oh, Gibson harmonicas," blah blah blah. But he, all he had was a hat, so he had to be like, "Oh, this old hat, I love it." <laughs> so the scene started with me on stage hugging a hat <laughs> instead of playing a harmonica. Yeah. Why is it when when you have those that that gig where no one laughs? Like I think any comic, anyone mm. working in comedy at all, can can relate to some shows like that where it's just nothing. And I suppose you think to yourself, what is the um, what's like? There's something about the contract that you haven't established with the audience. Like there's something whereby you've started and they think it's a serious play, and there's no way to tell them. Yeah. yeah. I think that has happened a few times because our yeah. first scene takes a little while to because it's just it is very just typical rather than joke laden, yeah. So it's just um, yeah, it's just, they don't quite understand that it is a thing. But usually people do jump on board by the end of the first scene. But yeah, I, I just I, had a few weird ones where yeah, where... yeah. We performed in America and and they they. Well, for one thing, we were at a place where, like, everyone just seemed to be ancient. There were, like, 90-year-old women falling asleep in the front row, and, like, everyone was just super old, and I'd, like, wake them up by screaming at them in certain bits and things. And, like, that was really weird. I don't think, I don't think a lot of them got it. And what were you doing in America performing your show, which is a massive piss-take of America? Because there's yeah, a huge amount of, like, flag-waving and... 
Did actually... they go for it or did they just take it at face value? Well, they were asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're 90. But the ones who did stay awake... Canada, we did it in Canada. They loved they, it. They really liked it. And in America, I think people liked it, but we... Um, as Tom said, we were in maybe the wrong wrong venue for us because it was it was quite, it was a lot of old pe- people who I don't know yeah sleepy yeah yeah sleepy asleep. people so underpinning all of this is your like are you intending to are you auditioning for other jobs for other acting jobs whilst you're doing this or have you sacked that off in favour of committing to this we're open to it if someone calls us but <laughs> until then no we don't really have much time do we really. Like, yeah, this is pretty much full time because it takes us quite a long time to make a show and when we do, we want to get it really good. And is it supporting you? Is it Because, I mean, that's the other thing, working with three people, you've got to split the money three ways. Just about. Yeah. It's not very luxurious. (laughs) Yeah, we just about pull it off, I reckon. Yeah, we got to, like, a place where we were self-sufficient with it, like, about a year year ago, year and a half ago. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's just about doing it. And is there, beyond the TV show, obviously we're the pilot to work out and get a series out of that, is there a kind of a live performance goal? Is there like a particular room you want to play or is there, are you sort of thinking through, if you think of like the next five years, has, have any of you, have one, have one of you or all of you got a kind of a game plan for what you're going to do? Because it, it seems like you've, the work has managed to get such a reaction and you've, and you've very you efficiently managed to capitalise on that and travel and tour and keep going back and retain that audience. Is there, is there a game plan for the next five or ten years of, of building on that? Or are you just kind of blagging it from year to year? We really want to go to... We really want to have a West End run in a... Yeah, in like a small West End theatre for however long. That's what we would really like. Make the show like longer. And yeah, make... You know. Yeah. But we're waiting for it to be the kind of right show. Because at the moment we're just getting inspired by whatever... Just whatever makes us laugh and is, is is gets us all kind of excited if there's an idea we'll we'll usually just go with it regardless of its kind of marketability or like whether it could go to a bigger stage and stuff like that okay so it's kind of at the moment like there is obviously two kind of simultaneous things you have to think about to some extent but we're always on that kind of what's the most what's going to be the fun most fun for us to create and perform and that's going to be have the most uh, fun effect for the audience essentially it's going to be the better show so it's kind of like if something happens where we have that the right idea that could work for it then we'll try and push it in that direction I think we just need a play to, that goes wrong just to stop <laughs> when that happens then we can we'll jump in or maybe they've I mean yeah the play that goes really wrong yeah we'll yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm just wondering whether that kind of thing has sort of laid the groundwork for you know, that might be useful to you in a way that you could say, look, this works. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And like, think, that's kind yeah. of... No, no, I'm joking. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they've shown, like, they, they've done brilliantly, haven't they? Like, those guys. They're, and they, they're I mean, they awesome. started in a similar sort of theatrical background. I don't know much about that. Yeah, shows. they went to drama school and stuff, I think. And yeah. then they went up to Edinburgh and they just kept, they, I think they went up to Edinburgh quite a few times. And, yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing that we've learned a little bit as well, is that sometimes, like, when we first went to Edinburgh, there was very much a, like, you do your show, you, you, it doesn't, you do it for a few weeks, and then you're out, and you go, and you leave it alone, you start making your new one. But, like, there was a few times when we went up to Edinburgh with a show, with, with like, Police Cops in Space, for example, we took it up the first time, and it went okay, but it, like, it wasn't amazing, but we still thought there was more that could, could be done with this show. 
So we kind of went away and worked on it more and got it better and toured it around to loads of different places and then did it again. And then that, that year ended up being really, really good. And we won the Amuse Moose Award, like, like Zach said earlier. So like, yeah, there's, there's something in kind of for us, definitely in kind of really milking the work and not just dropping it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, as any, as any comic who's turning over a different hour every year, whenever you see someone, you're really jealous of other comics who are like, this show was so successful, not enough people saw it. Yeah. And it can come back and have another life. At, so, first, at first, I was a bit embarrassed about um, milking the shows and doing them over and doing... Because uh, we just kept doing it and, and, like, I felt a little bit... I just kept making self-deprecating jokes in front of people being like, oh, yeah, we're doing that again. Really yeah. milk, yeah. But um, now I'm realised that I'm actually happy to... Maybe if we didn't use that. the phrase milking the shows, it might be less, <laughs> less embarrassing. <laughs> you know what I mean when I say milking the shows? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not going to try to explain it. <laughs> sure, but yeah, so you, you felt a certain pressure to be coming up with something new instead. But yeah. actually, you're more comfortable now with the, the idea that that show has value and it can continue to build on that audience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whilst making... I mean, we're always interested in making new things as well. But, yeah. We, it just seemed like there was a thing where people do a new show all the time. And... I mean, they don't really do that on West End, do they? They do one show for, like, a year and then it comes back again. I mean, how long has The Lion King been on? <laughs> Lame is. Exactly. It's like it's like it's just like there's there was just something like where we did it and it felt like that was so much work and there feels like there's so much here and then it's just done and it's it just feels like we could you could just why should it be done? You know, there's so many different places you can go to and do it and introduce new audiences and get so many more opportunities. That's like when some people like some when some younger like graduates or whatever say to me like what's what what are you thinking like with my show I'd be like if you really think it's good and you think there's something there don't just drop it and just go to another one really get it out there mm. and is there other are there other kind of strategic things you're doing in terms of how you how you develop your fan base because I mean is it just a case of going up there going, going to the festival and just trying to sell a bunch of tickets or are, the, are you kind of connecting to the fans somehow or like keeping emails or do you know what I mean? Trying to, trying to build the fan base? Yeah, we've, we try and do a, meet, a mailing list. That, well, we've started doing that recently. And we do, like, um, Instagram and Twitter and stuff and try and do that as much yeah. as possible, really, whenever we remember. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah. it's mostly just the quality of the work. That... It's mostly just word of mouth, I think, yeah. And just touring it. Like, we just we try and... If we, if we can do it, we'll always try and do it kind of thing. Even, like, just wherever it is or whatever the fee is, we'll just try and do it. My agent won't be happy. Our agent won't be happy, I'll say. Now available for bookings what. anywhere yeah. for pens. <laughs> the, the other weird thing with our show is, like, people seem to come multiple times and they, like... They'll, they'll come and they'll like bring a friend and then they'll come again and bring like a different friend and it's like a really weird I don't really get it I don't know why you'd want to see it over and over again <laughs> speaking so, as one of those people yeah sorry like, <laughs> hey, yeah absolutely I mean yeah. I, that's interesting to me that you don't understand why people want to do that I'm interested in like what I know you've just said you don't know why that is of the, of the other two of you got any idea of why that is like what is it that particularly generates I was sat in that room two nights ago thinking they are just turning punters into fans. Like, people were nuts about it. Like, do you get why that is? Is it just that it's 
is is it just that it's funny or is there something else going on? Have you got any notion of why that I is? think it might be because, um, well, as you know, this is one reason. I think it's because uh, people see it maybe in Edinburgh and then their family comes to visit, like their mum and dad, and it's quite a family-friendly show and I think they can they can bring they can bring people to it and know that there's that they're not going to feel uncomfortable um because we don't really do very i don't i don't think we do very risque comedy or and i think yeah so i think some of it's that i think some of it is also like that when we said before that we try and make it like a movie you know and there's that real sense of escapism about a movie and like in you know, we really try and fight for it to be engaging the entire time and not let the audience focus kind of drop or mind wander or think like, oh, how long is this going to last kind of thing. We try to do that anyway. But, you know, that, I think that kind of contributes to this sense yeah. of just being lost in it, kind of time flying a bit more and then yeah, and just I, having a good I time. I think that's right. I feel like the show explodes every two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I understand it because I've seen... The Woman in Black on the West End seven times. I keep going back. I don't know why. I love it. <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm like that. If I find something I like, I see it so I see it loads and loads of times. So I I kind of I get that because I don't really like taking that much of a chance on things because I don't really like seeing something that I don't enjoy that much. So <laughs> I love it, <laughs> no, but I really hate it. Yeah, you really hate it. Yeah. It's, it's a bad person to go to a show with because you kind of sit next to him and you're like, oh, no. It's, if the first few minutes you're like, oh, dear. He's, <laughs> he's hating this. I find I'm just a bit more interested in um, films than watching theatre. I, I do like theatre sometimes. Here we are at the Vault Festival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong crowd. <laughs> um, guys, before we wrap up, are there any uh, questions from the audience? Can we watch anything on YouTube? This man's from Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> so you just came to this without seeing a show? Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he knew the... Did you know the podcast? No. No, they just went past. There's an oh, absolute right. walk-up. Oh, we can't be responsible for this level of enthusiasm about... <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> well, you can... We're, we we no we we suck when it comes to YouTube. We're, gonna, we're I think we're trying to start to think about that. So maybe there'll be something coming soon. But yeah, we've got we've got a we've got rubbish we've got we've got a rubbish trailer for the show that you can watch on YouTube. But that <laughs> I think not... we find it hard sometimes to think of things in five minute segments, whereas we think of because we're used to doing shows that are an hour long. But it's definitely something that we and want, that's we crazy want because that any like I know you. Obviously, there are plot reasons why certain jokes and callbacks wouldn't work. But any three gags in a row of that show would work if you just spent five minutes writing it into a three-minute mm. We should definitely do that. Yeah, yeah. We should definitely we, do yeah, that. All right, you've been told. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Great question. Um, <laughs> well, Nathan is a really good actor and is like... <laughs> Stop it. So it's, it's like, you just completely believe everything he's saying, so it's like, um, he's also really good. Also, when writing it, he's, I think, good at coming up with really funny lines. I think, um, and like clever lines, that are maybe like our clever jokes Nathan comes up with most. And Tom is like, as we said, really good clown and has a look in his eye that he doesn't really know what's going on at, at, at any point. Um, it's just a look, that's it. Yeah, nothing and, behind it. And, and is really good at performing, making the audience laugh, I think. Yeah, yeah I'll say, yeah. I think Zach's, Zach's very good at uh, character comedy, um, so he kind of gets, get, I, think, I think, personally finds more uh, like a lot of comedy from characters and the way the, he finds comedy from real life I think and finds real genuine like people that you can relate to that you've seen act like that but are quite original as well that you haven't seen done a million times I, over I and just over wanna, again I just want to underline that I chuckled there not at the idea you were good at character comedy <laughs> but because when you said that it made me think of the guy you do who's the son of the barman who oh, yeah. uh, like, but who closely who does a great impression of uh, Jimmy Johnson because that face that you do when you're being his son but like it's the son of the barman but he looks like a really kind of aggressive teen on a do you know what I mean <laughs> I don't even know who the, what, what, I don't even know if that character has a name but um, you know that guy. forever nameless I was just remembering it and it made me laugh because it's fucking great <laughs> yeah so Zach's really good at that and then Tom is uh, I think Tom's Tom's so the a pause. I think, <laughs> come on. Tom's like a bit of a wild card, I think, where a lot of the time where like he'll generate like loads and loads of jokes and like a lot of them will be not good. But <laughs> but but they're often really, really like out of the box of just like mad and then like one of them will just be mm. brilliant, I it's think. Like, something sometimes with Tom, I think we're not thinking about the same show in our heads right now. Um, when we're writing it, um, which can cause conflict sometimes, but also sometimes cool ideas that that are out of the box and yeah, um, we wouldn't think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you give us an example of a, a sort of a, a, one of Tom's jokes from the show? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not, Harsh. Uh, well, it's hard to remember yeah, who wrote hard, it. Yeah, sure, sure. sure. Um, but it's more just along the lines of I think I, me and you are sort of imagining it in one way, and Tom's imagining it in a different way. And sometimes he says things. And I'm a bit like, 
what? <laughs> Why? It's, that's not what is going on right now. But then that can bring really good things sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Like, There's often, I, I, like with the, sometimes with the, like, you know, like uh, in the second show with like the glow sticks where you spin them around and they like make a bite yeah. and things like that. Sometimes awesome. I think in like a really visual way. Was that yours? Yeah. And, that's so good. And like they, they'll look at me like that's, that will never work. Can I just say, he didn't, he thought of it as two fans that I hold that are plugged in. So it wasn't. (laughs) So what we should, so the actual, the actual effect for people who haven't seen it, and it's a, it's a dazzler, it's one of those things that you describe when you go, you've got to see the show, they do this bit when, it's such a highlight. Just doing a kind of like a Tron bike by one person clambering over and miming beyond a bike, and then the other two are spinning a glow stick on a piece of string. And it sounds shit and it looks absolutely brilliant. So, sorry, Tom's original idea was a f- two fans. Two yeah. fans. Yeah. I had a fan when I was a kid that like, had little like, LEDs in it, and when you turned it on, it would like spin. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Um, but then it was a bit easier to do it with the glow sticks. Yeah, it ended up being easier with glow sticks than plugging two fans in. And <laughs> <laughs> really long extension yeah. cords. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, I have to say what I like. Come yeah, on, yeah. We've got, to, we've got to wrap uh, up. The uh, oh, place is falling apart. Basically, what we said before, I think we'll probably do. <laughs> yeah. <He's, laughs> so we really get a sense of what Tom brings well, to Well, come on. Uh, <laughs> if you'd been nicer about me, then maybe I would have. Uh, yeah. No, they're, they're just really good. Uh, uh, I think, I think. More. Oh, come on, more. Uh, oh God, uh, there's so many things. No, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it's those characters and stuff, and the way we write is is like. It, I think Zach and Nate are both brilliant at like coming with like, like knowing the pastiche of something and and like and coming with those ideas is really really useful. And I think actually Nate, I think is really good at just like holding the team together. He really kind of leads it and is like, oh, we'll be there at this time. We'll do this thing. You know, and it's kind of the boring run of the <laughs> mill. Yeah, <laughs> great but work, Nate. I'm the geek. <laughs> yeah, but he's also really good at just like keeping morale up. Like I thought that earlier when you said that because he 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 will like look at things in a very like level headed way and then also be really funny as well so and calm down the arguments as well. yeah me and zach sometimes get a bit heated mainly because we're thinking about it in two different completely different ways <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's, that's it guys we've got to wrap up i'm afraid i'm really enjoying that sorry to nip it in the bud um if you would like to hear uh 275 conversations uh with other comedians about their work you can go to comedianscomedian.com uh, and if you want to see more from the police cops you can see them scratch 20 minutes of the new show on march the 15th mm-hmm. yeah march 15th to march the 17th sorry i should be addressing nate, nate, nate. No, yeah yeah, yeah. daddy um yeah yeah 15th to the 17th the yeah the show is just called a scratch so just come see that Great. Thank you so much. Can we have a warm round of applause, ladies and gentlemen, for Police Cops? So that was Police Cops. Thank you very much to Tom, Nathan and Zach. Uh, as they said there, I think was it the 15th of March? They've got a scratch night coming up. Have a look on uh, the website. And um, I'm not sure if the website is still The Pretend Men, but I'm sure you can track it down. If it's not Police Cops already, then Google The Pretend Men as well and you will be sure to find them. They are just an absolute joy to see live and I cannot recommend that show enough. I'm very excited to hear they're taking a third all-new show to Edinburgh. So get along to see them whenever you can. And they're on tour at the moment. I know they're coming to Bristol and presumably they're, uh, they've got a, a wider tour than just that. Um, so have a look online and uh, find out and go along and see them. 
I, you, they're one of those people. Look, I can't offer this to everyone, but you know, every so often there'll be someone where you're like, go and see this or this album or this movie. And if you don't like it, I will refund your money. You might say that to one individual friend. That's how I feel about these. That is absolutely not an offer that I'm making you, the listener. But um, but do go and check them out. So thank you to the boys for coming along. Thank you very much to Breed Kirby for helping sort that one out and indeed the incredible work she's doing at Vault Festival. And you really got to get along and see it. It's something else. This is the first time I've been along and I properly felt like I was stepping into another world. So um, I hope you'll go and see some of the fabulous comedy and other stuff because other stuff does exist. It's easy to forget. Um, fabulous stuff that they've got as part of that festival this year and all the ones in the future. That's everything for now. Thanks very much for listening. Do get in touch with me, info at comedianscomedian.com or at comcompod on all of the socials, all of the ones that uh, that matter. Uh, no postamble this week and no middle blurb either. You can find out details for my tour. I'm releasing on the 28th of February. We're going, that's the plan. We're going on sale with the second leg of the tour, which is going to all of the places that um, you've all been tweeting at me saying, hey, why aren't you coming to a so-and-so? That's happening uh, and it's going to happen later this year. But we're releasing tickets for that leg of the tour on the 28th of February. And there will also be a lovely announcement. I'm hoping to also release my, in inverted commas, DVD. What are we calling them? I'm too British to say my special. Shall I just call it, for the sake of the podcast, I'm releasing my special. Last year's tour show, like I mean it, properly recorded, properly edited and uh, it's a really beautiful artefact. I'm releasing that in a couple of different forms, but I will say more about that when I speak to you next. Extras from other episodes, not this one, no extras from this one. We just went straight through with the hour, um, but extras from lots and lots of episodes and other stuff beside, all available at the Insiders Club at comedianscomedian.com slash insiders. That's everything. Uh, I will have uh, a longer chat with you next time we speak. Bye for now. 